New from the Horror Vision Press. Sean C. Baker's Shadow Play Book One, Kim and Jesse. If our reflections woke up, would they hate us? Would they envy our world? Would they try to take it? Two worlds on a collision course, and 15-year-old Jesse Roberts is caught in the middle. Shadow Play Book One, Kim and Jesse, is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Also available, A Collection of Desires, Seven Tales of Modern Horror. These seven tales bring the horror home to our modern world. Uh, hello and welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Tori. And I'm Anthony. And we just saw Underwater. So I did post a small, um, like six minute, why I want you to go see this movie, go see this movie right now, uh, a couple days ago, because uh, Kirsten and I saw this last weekend, and Anthony went and saw it. Yeah. And then now we all went and saw it again. My first view. So, Tori's first view, Anthony and I, this is our second, and uh, this episode will be full spoilers. There's no point in doing another, go see it, and then kind of, you know, beating around the bush. So, if you haven't seen it, don't fucking listen to this episode. You should just go see it, because you should just go see this movie. So, what'd you guys think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I fucking loved it. It's great. Uh, second time around, it still was as suspenseful as the first time mm -hmm. I saw it. It still holds up as far as like um, the uh, tight spaces that they put you in that really fuck oh. with your psyche. Because oh. I love being. I've said it a thousand times before. Um, my biggest fears, like some of my biggest fears, are uh, water I can't see the bottom of, and just dark ass water. And there's a lot of dark ass water, and it's just fucking frightening because I don't know what's in it and. You know, it just plays on your, your psyche and uh, all that shit's in there. There's so much more than that, though. Like, um, there's crawling in tunnels. There's all these claustrophobic little environments that they throw you in to fuck with you. Terrible. And then on top of that, there is a goddamn monster in the fucking water looking for you. Yeah. And there's more than one. There's and, several tiers of monsters. And we will get into that this evening. For a second viewing, again, astounding. And I can't implore you enough to go out and fucking support this movie. Mm -hmm. Please do, before they pull it. Um, for those who know about it, uh, it bombed its first weekend. Uh, it only made $7 million. I think it had like a $50 million budget. Oh, shit. So, like, they're, they're fucked. Um, however, horror community come together. Yeah. Whether or not you, uh, whether or not you're even into aquatic horror films, go fucking support this thing. Because uh, in January's... We're just, we're just not it's notorious that we get shit dumped on us. So to get something of this caliber, of this quality, like it's just a rarity. Go fucking watch it. It, it just shows you the studio has no idea how to do anything with it because it's a very good movie and it has it would appeal to a lot of people. And a, I don't think it's a great title. And B, they dumped it in January. And it just, it's like, so they just were like, whatever, just fucking. But we're actually lucky they even released it. Yeah, the fact that it's been shelved for the last two years is just a goddamn shame in general, man. It was a nice surprise. Well, I would have been happy if it was like 
Deep Star Six or Leviathan where it was a monster or type of monster, but that whole thing at the end was amazing and made it even better. But I loved when you know when they're first like crawling. Yeah. Through that space, how they have the cam right there. Yeah, like, yeah. Following her, that made me so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, it mixed in elements of, like, found footage, because the, it, you you know, you would go to, like... Their were, footage. Yeah, like, so the first time you see the one of the, what I'm going to now just call the deep ones, because it's clearly that's what they are, you know. The first time you see that one where it's like, they're kind of standing in a circle, like, what's that? And, and you're getting footage from, I think it's the captain's camera at one point he's looking at each of his surviving crew members in their suits standing on the ocean floor you know 6.5 miles down and uh there's the dark space behind him you know you're going to see one pop up right and it reminded me of a very specific image from a found footage movie but i can't for some reason put a name on it but it's you know it was just something i'd seen before but it was cool they were able to use that without being a found footage movie it um i feel like the director too really loved Alien. Yep. And Predator. Yep. The way they sounded, that little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remind me of Predator. Yeah. They even have that when you take turn off your lights and you see like the. The I guess the heat imaging. And I'm glad I saw it in theaters because you could hear. Oh yeah. Freaking noises. (laughs) The the whole thing where they're in the one uh, where I forget if it's the first station that is pre-recorded. Knocking at the door. Oh, is that, when, yeah. is that when... Uh, when he's like, let's shut that other yeah, door. Yeah, let's shut the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go shut the, the door. door. Yeah, definitely. But then, like, the that, like, audio track of, like, the announcement, you know, uh, like, whole compromise or whatever it is, as it's, like, kind of counting down, uh, the, you know, the survival of the structure they're in. Like, that was playing havoc with me. Like, the way the stereo mix, which was fucking great. And really, like, the sound in general. I, I mean, the sound design's amazing. Question: Did you um did you see it in a larger theater your first weekend? No, it was the same size, right? Or no, was it bigger? I think we we're in Delamo. So it we bigger. saw it. Okay, it was, yeah, it was bigger. It wasn't yeah. a lot bigger. So but it was, it's opening week. It was in a much bigger yeah. theater, uh, better projection. So it was a lot crisper when I saw it. Okay, I, no, I noticed that this time when we watched it in this smaller theater, it was a little bit more murky, um, but didn't take away from any of the effect of the film. Now, I know it's it's really dark, and like my friend Missy was saying, like she really liked it, but she said, you know, I wish it hadn't been quite so dark. Even though that obviously helps with the CG, you know, True. it kind of blends it better. But I like that darkness because I never thought it went too dark, and I also like that it made it never me feel went bad. what, yeah, and it made me feel what they felt because to me that is terrifying. Like underwater is fucking terrifying to me and like i mean you're basically in outer space so who the fuck knows what's yeah. down there you as know? soon as that that like that lock for for the uh the pressure pressure chamber in the room, as soon as they get into that pool and they're being lowered down yes and there's that upward shot of oh. it just closing on them and you're like they're fucked <gasps> yeah they're so fucked yeah. oh my god and it's just pitch black <laughs> darkness and fear no that that that's awesome when they were walking and all the silt yes oh coming god because oh I can't see shit. <laughs> oh, so, so, um, so good. I, I thought all the acting was super solid. Uh, I, I will definitely say, I think another thing that's going to work against this movie is Kristen Stewart being in it because I think, like myself previously, I just kind of would... I had issues with the way... And it's not that she came from Twilight, whatever. It but for me. <laughs> well, there's that, but, you know, so did uh, I was like, they're Pattinson, and he's proved himself to be... Pretty great actor, and like he's yeah. smart, you know. Yeah. And 
there's a lot of guys like uh, what's his name from like Gosling and even Johnny Depp to a degree. You know, there's people that come in and kind of like circumstances they get introduced into popular culture, whatever means necessary, and then then they're like, now nah, I'm in, fuck it, I'm doing what I want. Like Gosling's a great example of that. But I, you know, so it's maybe the same thing with her. The first thing I will say, just going back. Uh, she's in the Runaways movie, and that was the first time I, I couldn't stand her, and I was like, she fucking carried the movie to me, playing Joan Jett. I thought she was awesome. And that seemed like a one-off, but I really liked Personal Shopper on um, Netflix last year. So th- I was kind of like, okay, maybe she's not, you know, terrible. And then this, I'm just like, okay, I, you know, she's got chops. It did put me off, her being an input Of course. No, I like her. Yeah. I, I like her after, after watching it. I mean, I wouldn't go see everything she's in. Right. You know, but she's but, definitely proven herself. Casey. Yeah, like, I, I don't feel like if there's a movie where I'm like, ah, oh, I'd love to see, you know, like, there's a Cthulhu independent movie that's pretty good, but, like, Tori Spelling's in it, only briefly, but I just remember going, nope. <laughs> wow. Wow. Because that, to me, is like, shut the door on that shit. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, graduating, okay. The... Okay, Jessica Henwick, who plays, uh, was it Emily? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought her reactions to, A, seeing people die in front of her, and B, that, like, it, when, Anthony, when you said the sh- upward shot of the water closing over them, not in that shot per se, but she really expressed her, like, just complete, you know, she would lose it in a very realistic way, and then, like, other people kind of coach her back in, but I felt like she really... Like kind of got me into the same headspace she was in. It was you know she was like freaking me out. So it was I thought that was pretty cool. Because she did do oh, oh no no no, no please. It, she did do what I think people normally do, or even when she's talking to herself when she thinks she's alone. Yeah like, yeah. Just okay, keep go. Your natural human reaction to, yeah. to fear. And, okay, what the fuck am I gonna do now by myself? I'm dragging this body. Okay. Yeah, dragging the body of the one that I love, which is a great Hank Williams song. If you've never heard it, it's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> Everybody, one, other... two, no. You're right. Right here on the body. It was after Abominog. Nice. <laughs> so let's get into some of the creatures. Um, they come in different tiers, like you said. Uh, we have, uh, there's an infant. It's, you know, similar to the uh, chestburster from Aliens. You find it hiding in a corpse. You only see one in the entire film. Yeah. Um, but the practical effect that they did on it was really cool, very fleshy, slimy, yeah. creepy looking. Yeah. Wouldn't want that fucker in me. No um, you know, absolutely not. That's that's horrible. <laughs> uh, you find this corpse is, um, or the one corpse, I'm sorry, covered in this like weird slime, algae type substance that I guess all these creatures are covered in to some degree. And I guess that helps with like lubrication as far as how they eat and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so this thing is pretty fucking nasty. They managed to kill the only one in the film. Um, but it's effective. The, the the practical they did on that one. And then we move along to... What I'm just going to call like their version of the deep ones. Uh, you know, uh, what's the uh, shadow over In's mouth? I think is the first Lovecraft story that deals with it. And, and so let's just go cut there to, to... Cut to the chase. Well, so this is a Lovecraft movie. When I left the movie last week, I'm like, they didn't have to tell me that was Cthulhu. That was fucking Cthulhu. But there was also like, you know, watching it unfold, I wasn't sure. I'm like, is it? am I seeing this right? So then I told Anthony about it and, and he, you know, he agreed and I told my friend John the Viking, he, he agreed and Missy agreed and all these people I told, go see this fucking movie in the theater. And then... There's an article on Bloody Disgusting yesterday or the day before that was basically William Eubanks, who 
I fucking love for this movie basically was like the thing you thought you saw well that was their headline so it's not to give a spoiler but like the thing you thought you saw at the end underwater yeah that's what it was and then William Eubanks basically saying like yeah it's, it's a secret Lovecraft movie which just makes my heart go pitter patter to, to me it was like uh, Cabin in the Woods this the secret yeah Lovecraft movie yeah although that didn't I mean it still didn't give you like I've been waiting to see that the only other movie that has done this and on a on a different scale there's a Spanish movie called the Voldemort or or Vlad I think it's Valdemar Legacy and it's a sequel to another movie I forget the name of but there it's Lovecraftian and there is a fucking scene where Cthulhu like appears he's not this big though and it's not underwater but this is the first big budget Hollywood movie to fucking put Cthulhu on the big screen, and I fucking love this movie for it. I mean, I, I love William Eubanks for doing it. I'm, I just, it's amazing. And even if you don't pick that up, I think you people it's would enjoy awesome. like a cool, a cool monster. Well, and an enormous. When we saw it the first time, there was a guy sitting at the other side of the theater, and just when that happened, you know, like you don't want people to talk through movies, but occasionally there's like something that works. You know, this guy was just like. Oh shit! Like right in time. It was so fucking perfect. Like the first time you see its face. I've heard comparisons to like Pacific Rim, where there's a monster coming out of the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I've also heard the the term kaiju thrown around, and I'm like, no, this, mm-hmm. this is not a kaiju. This nope. is not a kaiju film. And um, so going into it, I had the kaiju image kind of, kind of you know image in my head, and then when I saw what it was, I'm like, oh. Gotcha. Yeah. I know what you are. Yep. Um, and, and I was fucking elated. So also to see that the deep ones are babies. Yeah. They're fucking babies. And they all live on... Dad's back. On dad's back. Yeah. Which made me uncomfortable because it reminded me of like how spiders... Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like the little tiny... Just yeah, all over. Well, and and they're not they're they're not baby Cthulhu's, but they're like a race. Uh, I, f- I forget it, the whole like, legacy. But it seemed like they were almost like a part of him. But they, they could were detached exactly, and then come back exactly because they showed his back for a second, and they were all there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they're like parasite creatures for you know that that you know that there's like this little you know sucker fish that follow around a larger fish. Yeah, that exactly. Off whatever shit falls out of its mouth or. But also, but symbiotic. But also, I believe they kind of serve him because he has that like psychic whatever that also affects people. Yeah, because they all looked at one time and dropped her. Yeah, they saw. Yeah, exactly. They saw dad coming and okay. So and like dad's mad. (laughs) So then that that brings up the idea that so you know Cthulhu classically in Lovecraft's folklore and all the fine folks that have you know carried it on through the years, he has this. And I, it's not like a direct, like he's like thinking at somebody, do my bidding, but he has this power, this psychic presence that makes people fall in line. And so in like The Call of Cthulhu, that story, which is the easily the best thing Lovecraft ever wrote, not just because it spawned all this, but it's just his best writing and it's fantastic, in my opinion. You know, there's like an artist that is doesn't know what he's doing, but he's sculpting this thing that is Cthulhu, right? Because artists are sensitives and they're picking things up, right? So the same thing with the deep ones, and so they're more in tune with his machinations or whatever his his you know primal desires are. But so then we go into what Tori noticed on her first viewing, and Kirsten, Anthony, and I all noticed for the first time because you didn't notice. I didn't notice it at all on the first time, but yeah. all of us picked it up this time, and that's <clears throat> the fact that so 
Kristen Stewart's character, um, Nora, ends up in... So there's the main base that they're in, which collapses at the beginning of the movie. They go to the ocean floor. They, they're they going to walk to the, the drill that the base is there to maintain. And it's a mile down and a mile over. Halfway between is an old abandoned drill site called Shepherd. And so when they bring that up, the captain is like, no, that's abandoned. It's not there. Or he, I don't think he says it's abandoned. I think but he said he, it's, it's... It's like, no, yeah, it's not no. an option. So through the course of the events, Nora ends up separated and she ends up at the Shepherd and it, it's there and it's functional. And she goes in and she finds the captain's old locker. So the captain's older. It's Vincent Cassell. He's fucking great. And you get the sense that he's been down there for, you know, a long time. He's a lifer with this job. And she finds his old locker, opens it up, and at this point he's dead. And there's, you know, his, like, a picture and his old uniform. And in the pocket, she pulls it out, and it's a picture of his daughter. It's her, um... Like her funeral card. Her funeral card. And it says her name, and it says 14. And that goes back to something earlier. He tells somebody that she's 14. And so, in other words, his, like, Nora didn't know the daughter was dead. He kept that a secret. So, then in the locker... There's a fucking pentagram. There's like a map of the undersea with like lines drawn all and like coalescing at this point. Drawings of like shadowy figures. Drawings of shadowy figures it. and a pentagram. And so. It's first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, that's a fucking pentagram in the back. So he's a Slayer fan. Yes. Uh, I heart Slayer. It's old Slayer. Haunting the chapel only. Only? I was, wow, that's hardcore. Um, everything else is shit. Not true. Um, Derivative. <laughs> but so the captain was, I don't know, was he responsible for it or was he just aware of it? Like as long as... Be, we, okay, we, because he, the whole time she's like, you have kids, you have to live, you have to live. And he's like, no, cut it. He was hiding something. He yeah. was purposely fucking hiding something. So clearly he's involved in the he's, occult. Yes. Exactly. I, that's my theory because of his daughter. The so you think, like, give the full theory. My theory is he had something to do with awaking Cthulhu. Okay. Because, in some like, way. I don't know if it was for personal gain with the drilling, like, oh, we'll, we'll hit oil or right, right. I want my daughter back type thing. Right. But uh, I think he definitely had something to do with it. Because why else would they abandon that? The yeah, right. Exactly. What happened to the other crew? Well, it makes you think about like maybe what happened to Nora's fiance that disappeared like on a dive, right? Exactly. Because they never explain that. Yeah. It's just like he, he just disappeared. So, it's very odd that they never specify what they're actually drilling for. They don't say they're drilling for minerals. They don't say they're drilling for oil. They don't say they're drilling for any kind of deposits. They're just drilling. Drilling. And I think it's weird that they left that open, but I don't think it's too big a, a plot hole. But no. But it's just like, yeah, we're down here making holes in rocks. Unless that it, they end up taking that TN Industries and making it like a Whalen where they're fucking evil. They know what they're doing yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Whether, no, no, we're just drilling. No, maybe they're drilling for the Cthulhu. Or yeah, you never know. Something stupid. Well, and then you notice it, and the ending credits, the initial part of, uh, the initial like underlay images are newspaper clipping, or like, it's not newspaper anymore. It's, you know, computer screen news articles, and it has to do with like the two survivors, government. Classified. You know, oh, yeah, classified, stuff like that. So that then makes you wonder, like, okay, is this like a secret government, like, you know, shell company or whatever, like a, a cover for them? Well, maybe they are trying to wake him up 
be, I mean, with the pentagram and all that, they're getting, like, the captain involved. Hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Just stay down there and watch it. I there's so many, op- like, there's so much. Yeah, which is, is which is why we want people to go see the movie, so there can be another fucking movie. I want to hear your theories about it. So if you do hear this, chime in. Yeah. Leave us a comment on social media. But back to this again. Do you guys have any uh, thing to say about, like, themes, overall themes for the film? Well, you, I know you have a good, you have a really good one. I want to hear yours first. Beginning of the film, the first thing she does is have her mouth slack jaw. Uh, But uh, she's brushing her teeth and she notices a spider in the sink. And the first thing she says is like, what are you doing here? How the fuck does a daddy long leg spider end up seven miles underwater? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that just seems to be the theme that carries on throughout those characters' Well, the end of those characters' lives throughout the rest of this film is, what the fuck are you doing down here? Mm-hmm. How did you get down here? And you shouldn't be down here. You shouldn't here. be down here. You shouldn't be down here. You shouldn't be meddling with things. And, uh, I mean, it, that theme kind of carries on throughout different points in the, in the, in the film. And it's just one that kind of rung through with me um, all the way through. What are you doing down here? You don't belong here. Yep. But I'm glad they did go down there. Yeah. Because they found something cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or the whole thing of, uh, we did this, now that's taking it back. Yeah, we did this, now it's taking it back. We we took too much. Yeah, you could do that pollution angle, or you could go, oh shit, we we really did a, it is taking it back. The old ones are taking it back. Yeah. (laughs) I I would really, you know, we probably won't see a sequel, but. No. No, sadly no. I'll tell you what, what I would like to see from a sequel is a totally different view. So, it, it, can you imagine if the sequel was? And please, William Eubank, if if you hear this, and just take it, take it, because um, I want to fucking see it. So, you know, the story Call of Cthulhu shifts perspectives several times, right? There's the artist. Uh, there's Inspector Lagrasse, which is I think the one that's in. Was it New Orleans, where it's like this, like dark tribal, like sacrifice cult, in in the you know swamps or whatever? And I, I th- there might be one more. I'm, I'm blanking, but I would love to see it shift perspective. You know, and also I will point out that this movie it doesn't operate like a Lovecraft or Cthulhu thing at at all until the reveal, right? Mm-hmm. But if you think about the old Lovecraft stories or stuff that has been written since then, where it's like guys on a boat. Oh, that, that's the other one. And that's the other the one ocean. in Call of Cthulhu, where it's like these guys on a boat and they run aground on this, you know, island that shouldn't be there, and there's non-Euclidean geometry and blah blah blah. But it's like from their perspective, it's like they don't know what's coming, right? So it's just like all this shit's going wrong and blah 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 blah, and then you know, reveal. That's the beauty of the film. It just runs you to a cliff edge. It's, like, it's oh fuck. Very well yeah. said. But so for a sequel, I would love to see, imagine shifting perspective, not underwater, but like the, in some, a nearby city where the people that are involved in the cult of Cthulhu are aware that it has been awakened and like the, you know, the machinations or whatever is going on on land and like could be totally, you wouldn't even necessarily have to put it in there. And let's face it. He ain't dead. I mean, there's an explosion at the end. She, you know, throttles the core and it overheats and blows the whole fucking Roebuck drill up. And they show Cthulhu caught in the blast. He ain't dead. No. And Eubanks confirmed that. He's like, you can't kill a god. Exactly. He's alive. Exactly. So fucking good. I love this movie. Yeah, I really do. It's fucking fantastic. And it's a shame what happened to it. And I really hope that 
I already said I and I don't need to reiterate. Just get out there and go fucking watch it. Amen. Sean, do you want to talk about your experience, your little <laughs> your jaunt? So last night, um, well, let me back up like a week ago. Uh, I saw Beyond Fest, who do like you know the, the regular fest is every year in September, but they do yearly programming, like a couple shows a month, maybe at the Egyptian and the Arrow. And uh, they were doing a movie called Freaked, which I'd never even heard of. These two both know it from childhood. I never even heard of it. And the thing that caught my eye was a tweet that said, Paul Leary and his guitar will be at, you know, the Freaked screening. Paul Leary, the legendary guitar player from the Butthole Surfers, the legendary Austin... I don't, you know, what... They're called Butthole Surfers. Yeah, like, I don't know what genre you'd call that. I see, like, you know, what, whatever. Psychedelic lunacy what whatever oh independent worms Worm yeah so i'm like wait paul leary and his guitar what the f-? and then there's another one and rollins will be there i'm like what the fuck is going on what is this movie so i like i didn't watch a trailer or anything thank god <laughs> i just i went to for, well first of all i bought tickets i bought two tickets just without even thinking about it and then i'm like okay logistics okay good it's a friday night so I decide I'm like gonna go up to Hollywood. My buddy Keller lives right down the street from the Egyptian. So I'm like, hey, you want to go to this movie? So we go and it's amazing. So first of all, like, no idea what to expect. Having just seen some, they have a still up, and it's it's Alex Winter in the you know the half face makeup, and then Beast Boy. Uh, Blossom's brother and a girl I don't know as conjoined twins and <laughs> the thing that looks like Mr. Belvedere if he's a worm and Keller's like what is this movie I'm like I don't fucking know man but Paul Leary's here so I don't care <laughs> so the Beyond Fest guys come out they introduce so Alex Winter um, Tim Burns and uh, Stern I forget his hold on I'll tell you in a second um, the, the three writers take the stage and they start talking about this movie right and so I've looked this movie up. There we go. With Gibby Haynes. Sorry, one second. It's uh. Who does Gibby play in it? It's Tom Stern, Alex Winter, and um, they directed it. And then Tom Stern, Alex Winter, and Tim Burns wrote it. So they used to do a show. They start talking about like they did this show in the early '90s on MTV called Idiot Box. I'd never seen this either. Or if I did, it's kind of just, you know, in this nebulous '90s haze, in my memory. And um, they're like. They knew the Butthole Surfers. They had worked with them somehow. And so they had this idea to spin out of Idiot Box a movie that was literally almost a direct quote. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with the Butthole Surfers as the Cannibal Hillbilly family. (laughs) Now, I mean, I'm starting to twitch from, I'm like, like, how didn't this happen? I need that alternate dimension (laughs) where it did. And then they play first a clip from Idiot Box. And then, like, the I, I don't know if it was, it wasn't. They were going to make it a feature, and it didn't get picked up. So I don't know if this was like the, uh, what do they call that, where they'll shoot like a 15-minute, like proof of concept. I think it was proof of concept. And it's fucking insane. John Hawks is in it, as he's in the the actual movie, too. Um, I mean, it was completely fucking insane. So then they come back out, and they talk about the movie. Then they play the movie, and Paul Leary gets up and plays guitar at the front of the, uh, on stage, over parts of the movie which was amazing but the i'm like i don't even know the movie is almost like think of early tim burton i'm talking peewee era but with a bigger but like this movie had a 13 million dollar budget 
20th Century Fox did this movie. And it all went to practical effects. And it's all practical effects. And, I mean, we're just, I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this would n never be made now. Ever. Like, they would, they would shoot somebody for even stepping on 20th Century Fox's property with this idea in their head. And, I mean, oh my God. <laughs> it, it changed my, I feel like it changed my life. It was, yes. it was just unbelievable. I want to hug you right now. Seriously. I, I feel and, like we all went through a religious experience. Serious. I mean, it was so <laughs> fucking awesome. And the whole time, I'm like, how did I not know this movie? Larry Bud Melman is in the fucking movie. Like, right there. I, I've My investment has paid off tenfold. Just for Larry Bud Melman. Alone. So, I mean, when all of a sudden... I mean, it's, it is, you know, what it's the basic premise, if you don't know, is uh, Alex Winter plays a TV childhood star who's now grown up and become this smarmy kind of douchebag and he is going to be the spokesperson for this terrible agricultural chemical so they fly him down to south america and he gets they stop at a, a freak show and and it's run by uh earl elijah p it's, scuggs, well, elijah p. scuggs <laughs> who is randy quaid in my second favorite randy quaid role behind <laughs> parents and the fiddle fiddle and he, he he makes freaks out of this you know irony uh the same agricultural chemical that yes yeah well that's well, the company i forget the name of the actual chemical and then he just makes freaks out and then they have to live with free and mr t's in the movie is a bearded lady he's in a dress keanu reeves keanu reeves is uncredited ortiz the dog boy <laughs> ortiz the dog boy uh did i mention larry bud melman um uh, uh john uh, hawks plays cowboy, cowboy which is he's got a cow head on the whole time uh, i mean the movie's fucking crazy bobcat goldwaith is the sock but is the sock yeah the sock puppet man and oh my god i just I, so talk about when you guys saw this as like how old 12 13 yeah probably 10 10 11 I don't video know. video yeah just from the video store no it was literally like two three in the morning at, on usa just what the fuck am i watching <laughs> i pulled it off the shelf like i said before like Pops would be like, well, I'm going out tonight. You pick something you want to see. And I was like, okay, this, I'm, I'm bringing this home tonight. Watch it on VHS. What was your reaction as a child? Should I be watching this? <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, it is gory, it's gross, but it's not a violent film. No, not at all. Not a violent not film at all. at all, which was like, so it kind of made the uh, traversing the terrain a little bit easier, especially at that age. But like, completely unforgettable creature effects so that it always stuck with me plus it was just funny like, yeah it's hilarious like the sets are amazing when you get to that set with a giant uh randy quaid head and so, i mean I'm like, I'm like somebody they they hollywood built this they like okayed this you know i mean i'm like what and like Catherine hardwick was their production designer and she was there they didn't even know she was going to be there she just came up and when they had the q a at the end and it was like what the fuck what, so what about you? What was your your initial? It reminded me of um, Ratfink because my dad was into Moon Eyes and Ratfink and all that, you know, and Big Daddy Roth growing up. Mm -hmm. So when I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's like fucking Ratfink come to life. Yeah. Kind of out there. I, I loved it because I always liked weird shit. And, <laughs> and it reminded me of the, the animated part in... Uh, Beavis and Butthead do America when they need stripping balls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole Rob Zombie thing. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I've, I, I've always loved it. I, I think Rob Zombie's definitely a fan. 
I, oh, there yeah. were a couple things that, where I was like, I feel like zombie, like I could see its influence on zombies, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, Skugs, particularly. There was just something about some of his mannerisms where I felt like that was a reference point. Oh, the fiddle faddle. Oh, dude, it's, I mean, it was, so then after the movie, they brought up, you know, it was, it was Winters and Burns and Stern and Catherine Hardwick and Rollins. Well, they, they actually, when they, when the movie started, so the opening credits, which is all animated by, um, Oh, I forget the guy's name. With all uh, that like claymation. Yeah, and it, it, it is so fucking gorgeous too. But um, the they theme like, song, or not? I guess it wouldn't be theme song, but the song that plays underneath that, the opening credits theme, is um, Rollins and uh, Blind Idiot God. And so Rollins was there, but he didn't actually. I was thinking he was going to sing it. They had a. They, they're like we have a hologram of Henry Rollins, and what it was was a screen set up next to the next to the big screen a smaller way smaller screen and it, they had what was essentially like a stop motion it was like a life-size cutout kind of image oh but it was digital and it, it was like if you've ever seen when Rollins would perform <clears throat> back in the day he had like just the shorts right yeah. the black shorts and so it was like him standing there in a the black shorts and then it would just cut and be like in a different position and then like <laughs> so it was almost like this very rudimentary stop motion and then they did the mouth like where you know, uh, oh, where just, they would do the overlay, of but the mouth I don't know if it was actually an overlay of a mouth or if it was like something else. It like looks, the Talking Heads video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It was so fucking bizarre. So did you see the cover of the vinyl? I did, but only from afar. Okay, that artist was there. He was giving off slices yeah, of the he was. head. Oh, that's right. That, did you see the vinyl? It's that kind of stop polymer clay, like of uh, Beast Boy, mm -hmm. and it's three D. And he was cutting off slices of it and giving it away. Yeah, at, David Daniels, that's the artist. That's bizarre. At the fucking that's uh, awesome. showing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous. It was it was <laughs> fucking amazing. And I didn't even think to ask anybody else because it was so, like, I, I just didn't know anything about it. So I just thought that this was just going to be, I don't know, I just didn't know. So Now you're a freak of the week. Man, I, I'll tell you I what. I don't want to, but you can. There's a guy. It's got to be somebody in that. Brooke Shields. Oh, Brooke Shields is in it. Yes, movie. yes, yes. Boo, there's, dude. There's a guy on YouTube, Turd Burglar 27. <laughs> it's got to be somebody in the family of the Winters, Stern, Burns, and his his, his uh, channel is Turd Burglar 27, and he's got the the proof of concept. Entering Texas, it's called. Watch it with the butthole surfers as the. It's not an exact Texas Chainsaw, but you see, you know, like, the obvious, like... Freaked has always been my favorite movie no one knows about. Now I know. <laughs> God, I loved it so much. I grew up in that fucking movie. It's I loved it so, so much. Good. And it's, it, it. it's not, like, the, that DVD you guys have, it's 85 bucks. I think it's a starting price. Yeah, the Blu-ray. Oh, wow. Oh. It's on Blu-ray for, like, 15 bucks. Oh, I got Where? The, I got the DVD. Anywhere. So last night they actually had us. I think it was unless it's out of print. I think it's well. So it's either Stern or Burns said it's never been converted to HD. I have it on the shelf. I wonder if it's a bootleg because they literally. Said, so this is what they had That's us do. Best Buy. They had the entire. No, not like you bought a bootleg, but you know some companies will just rip a DVD onto a yeah. Blu-ray. They had the entire theater. They put up on the screen. They wanted us to say, "Dear Disney." Please convert Freak to HD and put it on iTunes. And so everybody, like, he brought out his can his phone and, like, okay, on the count of three, and then recorded us, and then I guess he was going to tweet or whatever, you know. But uh, 
Yeah, they're like, it can't even be on a streaming service because it's never been turned to HD. So it can't be. They're like, Netflix won't take it. So that that might be like a, yeah, one two, of those. I have the 05 DVD. That's really interesting. But yeah, yeah, it's like 100 fucking bucks. Holy I, shit. I loved it so I got another much. one of those Blu-rays that are out of print now that are worth a million dollars. Yeah, man. I like Wee! it. I got the Blu-ray, y'all. Woo! Oh, here's... <laughs> yeah, we, we thought... All of us thought you were either going to love Freaked or hate it. <laughs> I, I literally... I, I mean, I really... It, as long as Paul Leary was there and Rollins, like I was pretty sure I'd be happy. I didn't expect all that. I mean, I wish they could have gotten Larry Bud Melman to appear live, but you know, I mean, he's probably dead. We're gonna get him to play your birthday. This thing's on Amazon for 139. Dude, I'm looking at the Blu-ray on eBay right now, 81.33. That's the one. It's sitting on my shelf. I swear. Hmm. Yeah, I got that. I remember my mom buying it for me. I I wonder if it's uh, you know, because even uh. I'm trying. I'm looking for what company did it because even it was Anchor Bay, Stars Anchor Bay. Okay, they, they've since like gone under. Yeah, so, and have sold off a lot of their properties. So like, if you see uh, on Shutter, on Amazon Prime, on Netflix, there's like this influx of like all these recent um, Anchor Bay Stars properties that have just kind of all gone up for streaming because they're all up for grabs right now. Oh, interesting. I think the only thing they've hung on to is probably. Evil Dead and Halloween. Wow. That's it. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize Stars owns... So, because Stars was... Uh, Anchor Bay was before Stars, yes. right? Yeah. So is Stars a company that bought Anchor Bay, or did Anchor Bay become Stars? Or? Probably merged at some point. Okay. That's the best I can come hmm. up with. Yeah. Well, all right. So, Freaked, good. Great. Underwater. Underwater, great. Amazing. Go watch it. Yeah, definitely support it, please. You probably only have a couple days to do so because yeah. it'll probably be out of theater. Like I said, we walked That's in this evening, bummer. empty theater, empty. Luckily, so, it, it got about I me. Mean, there were maybe 15, 20 people in there by the yeah. time it ended. It's Although, getting a little bit of word, you know word of mouth now. It's going around, but it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, oh, it sucks. Plus, realistically, it's a Fox movie, so Disney owns it. So, you know, unless they're going to be like, let's make an animated Cthulhu. You know, My Little Cthulhu. That'd be cute. If, you know, I mean... Like then, My Little Apocalypse. Yeah, and then we can have a Cthulhu ride. You know, imagine a ride at Disneyland where one of those deep ones eats you, and then you have to fucking, like, shoot it and Claw pull it your way out. out of its insides. That scene, by the way, fucking awesome. Yeah, I would actually go to Disneyland for that. Okay. That would be the one thing. If that appeared, I'd wait in line for I'd be, I'd be the I'd be at your door. Hey, guys, you want to go to Disneyland? Take me? So, following this episode, we will be holding a seance to yes. contact Walt Disney. And... Yes. <laughs> Who's probably sitting at the left hand of Cthulhu, if I That's had to guess. That's true. Yeah, now we'll probably be sued. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be sued right now. Yeah. Okay. We can hear you. All right. Well, we'll be back with a regularly scheduled episode soon. But until then, for the Horror Vision Horror Podcast, I'm Sean. I'm Tori. I'm Anthony. Cthulhu lives?